Screenwriter sketch number 25, Saturn on Earth, abduction in Haiti, transmit. Fade in, title card, Valandir, Haiti, interior, grocery store, day. In a very small grocery store in a small village in the west of Haiti, Simon, 16, gathers a few essentials for dinner with his little sister Natasha, 9, browsing by his side. She finds an enticing treat and tugs on Simon's pants. Simon, Simon. Natasha, what? Natasha presents a lollipop to Simon. No, Mama Said, we have to get only what we need and not spend money we don't have to. Please, you won't tell. No, you can't have it. Now, take this and go get some fruit. Simon unravels a burlap bag that he removes from another he is holding and gives it to her. It's your favorite. I tell Mama that's all she had. Natasha appears to show all her teeth as she smiles at him. He smiles back and off she goes. He returns to his shopping, beginning to barter for meat with the clerk, 35. Natasha returns the item to the next aisle over in the very cramped, cluttered grocery store. Cut to, exterior. Grocery store, continuous. Natasha steps outside where fruit is displayed in containers in the front of the store. She unravels her bag and browse with delight. Cut to interior. Grocery store, moments later. The clerk is done wrapping Simon's purchase. Natasha, Natasha, it's time to pay. Cut to exterior. Grocery store, continuous. Simon steps outside. She is not there. He finds Natasha's bag of spilled fruit on the ground and begins to panic. Natasha. Natasha. Nothing. Natasha. From a distance. <laughs> Simon turns immediately to find Natasha draped across the back of a motorbike that's making its way through a crowd. Natasha. He springs into action, chasing the bike. Simon masterfully dodges pedestrians, carts, bikes and cars alike down and under, up and over whatever blocks his path. The bike severs his direct line of sight as it turns a corner. Without hesitation, Simon cuts in between houses, shaking dogs and disrespected homeowners off his tail with ease. The 16-year-old boy scales the tightly spaced homes like a three-foot ladder for a better view from high. There she is. Simon closes the gap as he hops from rooftop to rooftop. He is determined to save his sister from danger but, as Simon makes his way back to ground level, he misjudges a critical step and falls to the ground. Getting back on his feet, Simon is going to cut the kidnapper off. He dashes towards the motorbike and at their closest point, Simon reaches out his hand, Natasha reaches out hers. Their hands graze one another. The motorbike passes. It speeds away with his sister screaming his name, in tow. In the mire of his defeat, Simon drops to his knees. Fade 2. Interior. Simon's family home, later. Simon sits to the side, watching his father, Pierre Saint Victor, 42, console his crying mother, 40, in the main room off their one-bedroom home. He looks down at the hand which his sister's hand grazed. 
A tear drops into it and he encloses it within his fist. Dissolve 2. Exterior. Simon's family home, night. Simon stands on a rugged, old wooden porch partially illuminated by a single lantern. Staring off into pitch blackness, faint sounds of ocean waves crashing on a beach can be heard. Simon's head droops, tears stream from his eyes. Why did you fall? Simon quickly raises his head to see who's talking. What? Is anyone there? He can only make out three red dots in the darkness. Growing curious, Simon strains to decipher the cause of them. He begins to step off the porch, but his father's voice stops him. Don't blame yourself. Simon looks towards his father's voice and when he looks back, the red dots are no longer there. Pierre steps out onto the porch with Simon. It wasn't your fault. They are always pushing us, always trying to take anything we have. Who, oh, Papa? You know who talk, Natasha? I may not know who, but I know why. So, Haiti has been at war for over 200 years. Not with yourself, as some would have you believe, but with an invisible end. More visible today than in the past, but no less malicious, the end of the empire took your sister. What empire? The United States Empire. The United States is not a country, it's a slave state, by its own will. It is the walking dead corpse of the nation that died at birth, doomed to feed off the life of other nations. It's the greatest evil this world has ever known. I don't understand, Papa. What does it want with Natasha? It doesn't want her, it wants to break us. It wants us to lead on and I under it but we will not. Haiti will fight for another 200 years if she has to. Go to bed, son. Tomorrow. Your brother and I will find your sister. Papa, I want to help, it's my fault. Chief. What did I say? It is not your fault. Now come inside. Yes, Papa. Simon takes another look around for the red dots before he enters the house. Cut to Interior Simon's family home, night. As Simon lies on a pallet on the floor next to his older brother in the main room, he replays the kidnapping of his sister in his head. He sees himself fall from the roof and remembers the voice from the porch. Why did you fall? The three red dots flash in Simon's mind's eye. It jars him to sit up. He looks out of the window and there they are, the three red dots. Only this time, he notices they are coming from the head of a shadowy figure. He gets up. Cut to Exterior Various locations, night as the red dots pop up, Simon follows. Across the street, between houses, inside wooded areas, until he gets to the beach. Cut to Exterior Ballandier Beach, Dawn While still mostly dark, the rising sun somewhat illuminates the area. The waves crashing on the shore and seagull squawking provides a natural soundtrack. Standing alone on the beach, Simon finds the dark figure whose head is decorated with the three red dots. Drawing closer, Simon recognizes the figure is dressed in Japanese ninja attire. 
There is a red dot on his face mask and two more in place of his eyes. Your eyes? What are you? Why are you following me? Why did you fall? What? I asked you first, why are you following me and what's wrong with your eyes? My eyes glow red because I am like you. What do you mean, my eyes do not glow red? Why are you following me? What are you? My question. You fell off the roof of that house. Why? I... My eyes get blurry sometimes and I can't see so I slipped. Why are you following me? Why did you follow me? You shouldn't have opened your eyes. What? I have to open my eyes to see. Do you? Every dodge or arduous jump you landed perfectly, all with your eyes closed. When you opened your eyes, you fell. No, my eyes were open the whole time. He had to be. Simon closes his eyes, straining to remember. In an instant, the ninja is behind him and swiping at the back of his head with a knife. With a simple head tilt, Simon dodges it and steps away. What are you doing? Showing you who you are, Simon Saint Victor, celestial representative of planet Saturn. Cut to Interior Schoolhouse slash Alim's home, day. In the home of Alim, 46, the children of the village have gathered for schooling. Her home is warm and comfortable. The classroom consists of 12 students from ages 7 to 16. For the younger students, large pillows act as seating while short platforms constructed with wood and metal act as the students' desktops. The older students sit in desks. The students murmur to each other as Alim enters the makeshift classroom. down everyone. Before we start our lessons, he wants us all to acknowledge our missing classmate today. Simon's sister is. Where's Simon? He thought he saw him earlier. Pointing out the window. He's outside, bumping into things. Everyone looks outside where Nadia, 15, is pointing. Simon is in a play area, walking with his eyes closed and hitting his head on the swing set. Milko, 16, inquires. What's wrong with him? Is there something in his eyes? The room gets noisy. Alim calls to him through the window. Okay everyone. Simon? Time for class. Simon is shocked out of concentration and immediately runs to the front. Murmurs ensue. Simon enters the room. They stop. I'm sorry, Mishalim. I lost myself. That's okay. Everyone heard what happened to your sister yesterday and we wanted to say a prayer for you both before the lessons. Please have a seat in the center of the room. Everyone, gather around. Create a circle around Simon. Simon complies and everyone sits in a circle around him. They all reach out to lay a hand on his shoulders. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you keep Natasha safe from harm as she is taken into darkness. Father, we pray that you give her brother Simon the strength to weather the storm of uncertainty in her absence. We pray that you are swift in returning her safely to brother, her family, and us. In your holy name, we pray. Dissolve too. Exterior. Simon's family home, evening. Simon walks up to the porch and hears the voices of his father and his older brother, Emmanuel, 20, inside the house. He traveled all the way to the apricot. No one knows anything. Your boy was kidnapped from there three weeks ago. They still don't have a clue. Your Lord, immense de nos
Papa, we have to find her soon. The longest is missing. Simon enters. Cut to. Interior. Continuous. The men go silent. There is a rigid tension in the air as Simon walks through the room. Pierre stops him. Ah oui, your lesson today, son? Simon takes a moment to glare at them. I want to help. You are helping by getting your lesson. No, Papa, I want to help find Natasha. I can talk to the kids. Kids can see more than adults and not always tell all they see. I can move without being noticed. You don't know how ruthless these people are. They would take you to if they got the chance. No, Simon. Ma papa. Not another word. Simon storms off. He locks himself in the restroom. Simon. Visibly angry, Pierre starts to follow, but Emmanuel stops him. Papa, please. Pierre sits in the main room as Emmanuel goes to the restroom door to speak with Simon. Simon, can I talk to you? Can you unlock the door? A moment passes before Emmanuel hears a click. He enters. Cut to. Interior. Simon's family home restroom, continuous. The restroom is very small, just big enough for Emmanuel to stand as Simon sits on the closed toilet top. I know you feel bad about Natasha. I don't you. feel bad, I just want to help. Liar. The only thing that makes me feel bad is sitting around doing nothing while my sister- Simon gets choked up. Emmanuel moves closer to console him. Papa just doesn't want you to get hurt. But I won't get hurt, you know I can handle myself, I can't get away from anybody that trees anything. I know your eyes get blurry unexpectedly and you cannot get away from anybody when you can't even see. He also know you snuck out last night. You don't have to explain, just know Papa and I will find Natasha. Trust us. In the meantime, you just be a kid and get your lesson like you're supposed to. Simon begrudgingly accepts a hug from Emmanuel. Dissolve 2. Interior. Simon's family home, night. Simon is lying on his pallet in the main room, wide awake, staring at the ceiling. Begin flashback. Cut 2. Exterior. Ballandier Beach, dawn. Simon and the ninja stand opposite each other with the waves crashing in the background. You are more powerful than you know. If you allow me to train you, you will become the most powerful of all celestial representatives, more powerful than even the sun itself. And flashback, back to, interior. Simon's family home, night. Simon stares at the ceiling. He looks at Emmanuel beside him. He gets up. Cut to. Exterior. Ballandier Beach, dawn. Simon arrives on the dimly lit beach. He looks around. He is alone. Hey, hey, ninja. Simon calls out in desperation. Over and over, he yells. Nothing. He stops. Simon drops to his knees and punches at the sand. His eyes puff up in disappointing frustration. I am Mars. Mars, 43, appears behind Simon. You have made your decision. I will train with you I, if you help me find my sister. Mars stands silent for a moment. The glow of the red planet that represents his eyes are mesmerizing to Simon. Mars points out into the ocean. My boat is two miles out. We will take it to my compound ten miles to the north. 
Your training starts now. Mars begins to walk towards the water. Simon tries to keep up. Wait, what? We're going right this moment. That's what now means. What about my parents? My brother? I'm not going to train them. I mean, I have to tell team. Did you tell them you were coming to the beach to meet a mysterious ninja? Simon stops, I, waist deep in water. I can't swim two miles. Mars turns to him, wading further out. Then you will drown right here in the Caribbean Sea and neither you or your sister will ever be found. If you are too weak to save her, you will perish along with her. Simon's face freezes in terror. He protests. Natasha's not dead. Maybe not, but if you can't make it to that boat, she will be. Simon grits his teeth. He battles against his fear. Tears began streaming down his face. I can't do this. I can't do this. You were right, Papa. Emmanuel, I'm sorry, Natasha. Please forgive me. He closes his eyes. Images of Natasha laughing and playing flood his mind's eye. A memory of her screaming as she is taken away ferociously attacks his pleasant remembrances. No, I have to do this for you, Papa, Mama, Emmanuel, for all my friends Haiti should who cried for me, for my village, for Haiti, I must do this. I have it as the last thing I do, I will save you Natasha and make sure this never happens to another kid ever again. Simon's eyes fling open and he dives into the sea. Fade to black. Fade in. Exterior. Caribbean Sea. Morning. About a mile off the coast of Haiti, Simon swims for his life. He is exhausted, but pushes on with every ounce of strength within him. Oh my god, I'm so tired. I can't feel my arms. I think the water is freezing but my body is numb. Am I getting closer to the boat? I don't know if I'm even moving forward anymore. He's just standing there on the boat watching. Is he really just gonna let me die if I sink? Good, Simon, what did you get yourself into? Never mind him, I have to get there for Natasha. I'm so tired. And he's laughing at me, isn't his? I can't see his face for that mask, but it looks like he's laughing at me. This is just fun for him, he wants to watch me die for fun. Well, I won't be his sister. Oh no, my eyes, everything is starting to blur, I can't feel my arms. I think I'm sinking, I'm not going to make it. Simon begins to panic. He flails his arms. Help, help, I can't, I can't see, help. Simon dips below the surface. He struggles to stay afloat. He's not even moving. He's just going to stand there and watch me die. Finally, Simon falls below the surface of the water and begins to sink. Further and further he falls. So this is it. I'm going to die. Natasha, I have failed you. Simon closes his eyes. As he sinks, he is still. Dissolve too. Begin flashback. Interior. Grocery store, day. Natasha holds a lollipop. She presents it to Simon. No, Mama Saeed, we are to get only what we need and not spend money we don't have to. Please, you won't tell. No, you can't have it. Now take this and go get some fruit. Get your favorite. 
Natasha appears to show all her teeth as she smiles at him. End flashback. Back to Exterior Caribbean Sea, Morning Motionless, Simon sinks. No, I will not fail you, Natasha. Still underwater, eyes closed, Simon swims with all his might. Cut to Exterior Caribbean Sea Mars's boat, Morning Surveying the situation, Mars walks to the lowest point at the rear edge of the boat. He reaches his arm into the sea. He then retracts it, revealing he is holding Simon by the wrist. With a single hand, Mars lifts the 16-year-old out of the water, holding him in the air. Mars discards the boy, leaving him coughing and wheezing on the deck of the boat. Simon cannot refill his lungs with air fast enough. He lies gasping, in complete exhaustion. What's wrong with you? I could have drowned. Could you have? Because by my approximation, you just swam a quarter mile underwater. Rest. In 30 minutes, you're going to do it again. Mars goes to man the helm of the boat. They cast off. Dissolve to. Exterior. Red Planet Beach, later. The beach is private, a small crest with white sand, clear water and thick trees encapsulating. Mars walks onto shore. Moments later, the ocean waves push Simon ashore. Get up. Time for breakfast. Cut to. Exterior. Red Planet Compound, Haiti, morning. Simon follows Mars as he walks into the tree line and under a quonset-type metal structure hidden inside the trees. They come to a vault door. At the door, Mars speaks. Mars 4212. Administration. New entry, level 1 access. Mars 4212, administrator confirmed. New entry name. Mars gestures to Simon. Not that one. Confused. Simon thinks for a moment. Saturn. Entry name incomplete. Please try again. Mars whispers in Simon's ear. Saturn 72367. New entry. Level 1 access. Saturn 72367. Confirmed. Confirmed. The vault door opens. Cut to. Interior. Red Planet Compound. Haiti. Continuous. Simon walks in startled by what he sees. The entry room of the compound is expansive, resembling an expensive home with comfortable seating and immaculate decorations. Wow, who are you? You live here? I am the celestial representative of planet Mars. I do not. You do. What? Why? Why are you helping me? Why would you do all this for me? I do not do this for you, Simon St. Victor. I do this for Saturn and this is what Saturn wants for Simon. As you are him and he is you, your will is his, his will, yours. Get acquainted. So you are doing this for me? Mars looks at him, then looks away. Eat. We begin the search for your sister in one hour. Mars leaves the room and Simon, somewhat amused. Dissolve too. Interior. Red Planet Compound Dojo, later. The dojo is a bamboo-constructed room with all types of weapons and blades on display all around. Mars and Simon are in the middle of the floor, sitting cross-legged. Mars has his eyes close, Simon has on a blindfold. He peeks out. I don't understand how this helps me find my sister. Be still. You already know how to find your sister. 
You only need to find yourself first. Why did you fall? That again, I already told you, I just slipped. You did not slip. I slipped. You did not slip. I made a mistake. What was the mistake? Slipping. You did not slip. Sounds like you already know the answer. Why don't you tell me? Why did you open your eyes? My eyes were already open. They were not. I can't see with my eyes closed. Can you not? No. This is stupid. Simon starts to tug at his blindfold. Take your blindfold off and I will beat the shit out of you. Simon hesitates. His hand shakes, frozen mid-reach. The room falls to a deadly silence. Slowly, Mars unsheathes a kunai. Simon listens intently. Mars gently tosses the kunai in the air. Simon's head shifts. Catching it by the blade's tip, Mars tosses the kunai. Simon's head follows its motion as it sticks into an adjacent wall. He hears the unsheathing of another before Mars tosses it at his head. With his head still turned towards the first kunai, Simon barely dodges the second. The kunai rips through what appears to be a faint asteroid belt forming around his head and sticks in the wall behind him. Simon then snatches off the blindfold. You trying to kill me? He is shaken up as he looks around. Mars is gone. Cut 2. Exterior. Red Planet Beach, moments later. Simon sprints to the ocean as fast as he can. In, he jumps. Fade to black. Fade in. Exterior. Ballandier Beach, dusk. Simon's body washes up on the shore as the sun sets. Blackout. A dark figure stands over Simon's body. Blackout. Hands pick Simon up. Blackout. Hey, little brother, you still alive? Simon's eyes blink open to find Joe, 43, crouching over him with a bottle of water. Joe is dressed comfortably in khaki shorts with an open button-down shirt flowing in the wind. Simon quickly sits up, snatching the bottle and inhaling its contents. Whoa, slow down, brother. You need to breathe, don't you? Thank you, sir. I was dying. Looks like. So, how did you find yourself washing up on shore dying in the first place? I was trying to get away from this crazy man. He was going to hurt me. Really? How far did you have to swim to get away? We will take it to my compound ten miles to the north. Simon answers in timid surprise. Ten miles. Ten miles? Wow. That's extraordinary. You must be a very special kid. But he was going to hurt me. There is silence as Joe ponders. My father hurt me. He used to beat the shit out of me from when I was seven till I ran away at about your age. I think I never had any kids because I was afraid I was going to turn out just like him. Joe's eyes are familiar. Simon notes the sincerity in them. My mom hit my older brother, she would hit me too sometimes, teen. Then, what? Papa killed her. Her body was never found, we moved here. Papa remarried and I got a little sister. Papa, my brother and I haven't spoken a word about her since. Looking Joe in the eyes. I would be honored to take after my father. Joe smirks at him. The two share a moment of mutual understanding and silence.
I just have one question. Why did you fall? Thinks for a moment. I debited myself. Yo rises to his feet and begins to walk away. Good work. First lesson complete. Go save your sister. I'll see you back at the compound in three days or I'm coming back to beat the shit out of you. Yells to him. What to her you still have dreams old man? Simon faces the sunset, smiling to himself. Cut to. Exterior. Town marketplace. Day. Simon stands in the middle of traffic. Motorbikes and cars was by on the dirt road. Simon is still, eyes closed with a faint asteroid belt formed around his head. His classmates, Milko and Nadia, spot him while walking by. Look, it's Simon, standing around with his eyes closed again. Seems like every day now, all over the village. It's been three days and Natasha is still missing. Simon must be at a breaking point. Simon, what are you doing? Are you trying to kill yourself? Open your eyes. Simon, open your eyes. A motorbike is on a collision course with Simon. The Rider 25 does not appear to care as he barrels straight for the 16-year-old boy, in horror. Watch out! At the last moment, Simon jumps straight up into the air and lands on the Rider's handlebars. He jumps off, destabilizing the bike. The Rider is unable to regain control. He wobbles into a crash, the inertia dragging him and his bike feet away from the point of contact. Simon lands safely on the street, eyes closed. Oh my god! What just happened? The rider gets up and pulls out a gun. He charges towards Simon, firing shot after shot. All pedestrians scatter. You die for that, you worthless. Running to a safe distance. What's going on? Why is Simon not running? Why is he not getting hit? Is he bulletproof? No, he's watching the barrel of the gun. As long as Simon avoids a direct angle from the barrel. The gunman can shoot as many shots as he wants and not hit a thing. Joe steps up and stands beside the children. In his anger, the gunman is firing quite wildly, making it easy for Simon. He barely has to move at all. Watching the barrel? How? His eyes aren't even open. He doesn't need them. Look closer. You'll see a faint twinkle in the air around his head. The children focus their eyes. That twinkle is a network of asteroids interacting with a network of light particles, giving him vision in every possible direction. Not only can Simon see the barrel, he can see inside the barrel because the light shines inside the barrel. Your friend is extraordinarily gifted. He is a cell rep. He is Saturn, on Earth. The rider closes in on Simon, missing every shot he takes until he is but an arm's length away. He puts the gun up to Simon's forehead, displacing the small asteroids around it. Listen kid, I don't know how we missed you. These bugs around your face must miss your lucky day. I'll give you one last chance to run away, because I won't miss again. Where's my sister? Your sister. Oh, I remember you. You're that damn kid who tried to outrun my bike the other day. Your sister is in good hands. You can have her back for 7 million gold. He laughs. Fuck your mother. Laughter fades. You should have run away when you had the chance. The rider tugs the trigger, the hammer of the gun pulls back. No, stop, Simon. Then click. 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 After the third click, Simon pulls out a thin metal rod and impels the rider's forearm, in one side and out the other. The rider screams in agony. Fucking shit. 
Joe releases a short, suppressed giggle. <laughs> Your sister is fucking dead. She fucking dead. The rider runs to his bike, gets on and takes off. At the same time, Emmanuel is pulling up on his motorbike. Simon falls to the ground as if hurt. Oh my god, Simon. Are you okay? Emmanuel dismounts and runs to Simon's aid. To his surprise, Simon is up on his feet, jumping on his bike and speeding off. What? Simon. Joe giggles again. Everyone looks at him. I am so sorry. This is all just horrible. Shaking his head. Cut to. Exterior. Road northbound. Moments later. Simon is in pursuit. Speeding through a wooded corridor consisting of a dirt road surrounded by densely leaved trees with his eyes shut, Simon keeps a long distance behind the rider. He stays out of view, trusting his newfound astrocyte, so the rider would not know he's being tailed. The rider turns off onto a smaller path. Simon creates his own, adjacent one. Cut to Exterior Shack, continuous The rider jumps off of his bike, holding his impaled, bloodied arm. He starts to run inside when a thin metal rod shoots through his shin. He wails in pain as he falls to the ground. Alerted by the ruckus, two gunmen, twenties, pile out of the shack. Louise, what happened? Just then, a small metal rod shoots through the shin of gunman one. As he reflexively reaches down, another shoots through his wrist. He drops, screaming to the heavens. Yeah. The second gunman shoots his automatic weapon aimlessly into the surrounding trees. When satisfied, he stops. Only the screams of his two mates can be heard on top of silence. Then, sound, engine revving. Suddenly, Simon shoots out of the brush and into the air on the motorbike, landing directly on gunman 2. He spins the tires on his way down, shredding the man's thigh for good measure. Simon falls off the bike upon landing. He scurries to his feet and bolts into the shack. Cut to, interior, shack, continuous, inside, Natasha sits up. She is blindfolded in a filthy room on a filthy mattress next to a filthy bucket. Natasha, Simon. She lifts her blindfold. Yes, it's me little sister, no keep that on. He grabs her. What's wrong with your eyes? Nothing. They exit. Cut to. Exterior. Shack. Continuous. Simon hops on his bike, lifts Natasha onto his front. Put your head down, hold on tight. And speeds away. Gunman 2 fires in their direction as they escape the scene. But, uh... Bastard. Cut to. Interior. Simon's family home, later. The front door opens and Natasha comes running inside with a smile from ear to ear. She jumps right into her father's welcoming arms. Natasha, how did you? Their mother and Emmanuel joined them in the front room. They too rejoice at seeing Natasha. Papa, Simon has a diamond dot. Simon has a diamond dot. Simon enters. Simon, you found the Natasha by yourself? He hugs Simon, but when he does, Simon winces. What's wrong, boy? Emmanuel sees blood on his shirt and rushes to check his back. You've been shot. I need a tub of warm water, have a skeleton. No, I know someone who can help. I just wanted to say goodbye. Goodbye? You're leaving? For a little while. Where? Why? I want to fight for Haiti, like you did before you had Emmanuel, Papa. I don't want anyone to go through what Natasha did, what we did, ever again. The Empire must fall. Haiti will not be broken. Pride fills Pierre's heart as he gives his son a knowing nod. Wait. 
Pierre disappears into his room and returns with a box. Take this. So wherever you go, you'll never forget where you come from and the people you fight for. Simon opens it to reveal a garment in the colors of the Haitian flag. Thank you, Papa. Hugging them. Mama, Natasha, Emmanuel, I love you. He exits. Cut to Exterior. Simon's family home, continuous. The family piles out on the porch to watch Simon go. When will you be back? Running up the street. Sooner than you think, oh hand, wash your tires. Simon disappears over the horizon. Fade to Title card, two years later. Fade in. Exterior. Simon's family home, night. Pierre is out on the porch, taking in the evening. He spots something strange across the street. He produces a flashlight and shines its flickering light on the figure of a man wearing a Japanese ninja and ancient Haitian warrior-fused ensemble, complete with face mask. Standing with his eyes closed, the figure sports a pronounced asteroid belt floating around his head and a long red and blue flowing garb tied to his right arm. The figure materializes a disc of rocks out of thin air he then jumps on and flies into the sky. Looking up in astonishment, Pierre smiles to himself. A diamond Cut to black. In transmission.